Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is taken from our Fear Not series, which is taken from the stories of Christmas. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. As we come to Luke chapter number one, we're gonna discover a time period in the life of the people of Israel, the children of God. And it's a time of, probably we would call it a a very dark time, a time of darkness in their historical landscape. And it's a time that I believe that the children of Israel were wondering, hey, Father, are you still here? Hey, Dad, are you still here? And what we're gonna find and discover this morning is that God comes and shows up on the scene and he says, hey, I'm still here. Take your Bible if you would, and let's go to Luke chapter one and stand with me if you will. Stand with me in Luke chapter one. We're just gonna read a few verses out of Luke chapter number one, beginning in verse number five. We read these words. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abbei. And his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren and they both were now well stricken in years. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot, his job was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense And there appeared unto him, Zacharias, an angel of the Lord, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled. And fear fell upon him, but the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. We've been in a short series called Fear Not, understanding that every single one of us face the emotional struggles uh, that that we all battle mentally. And if if you're not careful, emotions can dictate your life and direct your decisions. And the biggest emotion that every one of us battle is fear. Fear of the unknown, fear of what's around the corner, fear of the circumstances that maybe we're facing, fear of a financial struggle, fear of a health crisis. And all too often, we allow fear to grip our life. We discovered the first week Mary was encouraged. Mary, fear not, I give grace for that. Mary, you're about to go through some incredible challenges, but don't worry, I've got strength for the challenges you go through. We learned the second week from Joseph. Joseph, fear not to follow God's plan. Joseph, I've put some things in play and you just need to trust me and follow me. Joseph, fear not to follow what I've called you to. Last week, the shepherds, really a message to all of us. Fear not because there is hope in a savior. Man, fear not, Jesus Christ is here. And so no matter what comes your way, you and I don't need to fear. And this morning, what we're going to discover is God coming to Zacharias and to the children of Israel with this simple fear not. Fear not because I'm still here. Fear not because I'm still here. 
I hope this will be a help to us this morning. Let's ask God to bless our time and then we'll get right in the word of God. Dear Lord, I pray that you'd help us today. I pray, Lord, that as we go through the message that you would speak into our lives. Lord, I pray that you would uh, give us your mind as we go through all of this, that you would help us to understand uh, what you want to say and what you have for each one of us, not only as a church, Lord, but as individuals. And God, I pray that as we go through the message, that your spirit would speak to us. And if there's someone here today or maybe with us online that does not know that heaven is where they would spend eternity, I pray that today would be the day they put their faith and their trust in you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. And again, we commit this time to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You go ahead and be seated. As our passage opens up in Luke chapter number one, we need to know that the, the events before us today would take place about, about, um, about six to eight months before Mary would hear about her announcement of, of uh, having Jesus Christ. And so that's kind of the, the timeline, but the background, the context of what's taking place, we need to know that at Luke chapter one, at this time in the people of Israel, it is what I stated a moment ago, it's a very dark time. It's a very dark time for the people of Israel first because spiritually, their spiritual leaders were at a very dark state. The spiritual leaders at the time of Luke chapter number one, most of them were just shackled by tradition and uh, they were simply just kind of going through routines and doing things because uh, it had been done for years. So the spiritual leaders were in a, a dark place. The, the land was in a dark place. At this time, the word of God tells us that the king of the land was Herod the Great. Uh, if you know anything about Herod the Great, you know that he was, he was a tyrant and he was one that was, uh, he was known to have nine, some believe even 10 wives. He had a few of his wives killed and put to death. Uh, we know from Matthew chapter two that Herod the Great, here's what it reads about Herod the Great, that when he saw he was mocked of the wise men, he was exceeding wrath and he sent forth and slew all the children at Bethlehem. And we know the story that he goes and, and kills every child that's two and under because he's intimidated by the announcement of the arrival of a new king. And uh, Herod the Great, while he was a, um, a, a brilliant man regarding architecture and things within the land, and we've, even now when we go to Israel, you can see so much that is there because of Herod the Great. Masada is one of the great places that Herod the Great uh, was behind in building and orchestrating. So even though he was brilliant in that end, on every other end, he was, he was a sociopath. He was, Herod the Great was truly a nutcase. Many believe, many Bible scholars believe that he was probably demon-possessed even. I mean, just, just a very, very demented, demoralized man. Well, he's the king of the land. So with the spiritual leaders struggling and the land being under that rule, you and I can imagine that the people were in a very dark place. The people of Israel at a very dark place. I mean, on top of uh, the king and on top of the, uh, the spiritual leaders, we know that they were under Roman rule. Because of that, we know from the story of Jesus, and the, uh, it says in Luke chapter two that there was a great taxing in the land and a great uh, census that took place. And so they were under great taxes. They were religiously persecuted by the Romans. The Israelites were nationally hum humiliated and, and physically mistreated. And so really, no matter how you look at the state of the children of Israel, the people of God, they were in a place of darkness. 
Emotionally, physically, spiritually, socially, financially, economically, everything about them was a hard time. But those things weren't the worst of it. Probably the worst thing for the children of Israel is that they were at a time of darkness from God. As a matter of fact, the word of God would tell us that it had been nearly, when Luke chapter one takes place, it had been nearly 400 years since there was an open prophecy from God. Not to say that during that time there wasn't men of God and righteous people standing up and declaring the word of God and prophets preaching and and priests proclaiming the word. We know that that was taking place. But there wasn't an open prophecy where God had literally shown up like he had in the Old Testament and really spoken to his people. So this is a very discouraging time for the people of Israel. And yet in the midst of this discouragement, we are introduced in Luke chapter one to an amazing young couple, to a godly couple, Zacharias and Elizabeth. The Bible tells us, the word of God tells us in verse number six that they were both righteous before God and they walked in all the commandments and the ordinance of the Lord. They were blameless before God. I mean, these were not perfect people, but they were people that were pursuing God. Zacharias, he was fulfilling service to the Lord in the, in the temple. His job was to burn incense. And if you know anything, and we're not gonna get into it this morning, but if you know anything about that, they kind of would, uh, the priest would basically draw straws for, for their, their job, their next assignment for the next period of time. And, and what he drew, his lot, his job that he got was to burn incense within the, uh, within the temple and within the holy of holies there. And so, He would be there and they would be serving the Lord. Zacharias would be righteous before God. And so in the midst of this darkness, we're introduced to a a godly couple. What an encouragement it would be to, to be around Zacharias and Elizabeth. I mean, they're the type of people that no matter what's going on, they pursue God. We all know people like that, don't we? And there's people like that that go through hardships and times of struggle, and yet they're an encouragement to us. Why? Because they just pursue God. I'm thinking about the year 2020. It has been a, a spiritual struggle for a lot of people, and yet I praise God for, for many in our church who have just said, you know what, we're just gonna keep pursuing God. And many people online, many people here in person, but regardless, man, I'm thankful for people like Zacharias and Elizabeth saying, no matter what's going on, we're going to pursue God. And that's what God desires in our life. But in spite of their righteousness, in spite of everything going on, we find that the children of Israel and Zacharias and Elizabeth, they were probably in a state of wondering, is God still here? As a matter of fact, we're let in. There's a little bit of light shed on the situation for Zacharias and Elizabeth that they have been praying for a long time to have a child. We can gather from the text that Elizabeth, we know she was barren. The word of God says that. And then when the angel appears, he says, I've answered thy prayer. And so for years, we don't know how long, we don't know how old they were, but we do know they were older because of what was said to Mary later on in Luke chapter number one. And so here's this righteous couple and they've been praying to God and begging God for something and God had not been answering them. 
God had not really, in their minds, shown up. Here's the people of Israel in this dark state, wondering when is the Messiah gonna come? Why is Rome over us? Why is the oppression? Why is the abuse? Why do we have to go through this period of discouragement? I don't know about you, but I can kind of see where the children of Israel are in this passage, just kind of wondering, God, are you still here? And we read something that takes place in the life of Zacharias, specifically in our passage. We read that just as the angel appeared to Mary and just as the angel appeared to Joseph and just as the angel appeared to to the shepherds, a few months before that, the very first person that the angel appeared to would be Zacharias. And we read there a moment ago that the angel appears and all of a sudden fear falls on his heart. We read that he's troubled. The word troubled is the same word used to describe the trouble that goes on in Mary's life when the angel appears. It means to be shaken up. It means to be agitated within the heart. It means to really have an anxious moment, anxiety, and be uneasy. And then it says that, verse number 12, that fear fell upon him. He was troubled. He was agitated. He was shaken. But then fear fell upon him. That means he was terrified. He was Suffering fear so much that it drove him to terror, terror embracing every part of him. We've joked about it through the the series because in every one of the instances, an angel appeared to people and we've joked that, uh, you know, surprised that Mary didn't pass out and Joseph, you know, didn't uh, pass out in the dream and the angels or the shepherd, I think the shepherds might've passed out. I'm just kind of leaning on that one. But uh, man, definitely out of all of them, this is the first time we read it. Zacharias is the most afraid. He's the most afraid. The, the way it describes it, and in the Greek, the, word, the wording here, I mean, he is just completely consumed with fear. And yet the angel says something to him. The angel says, fear not, because God's still here. Fear not, because God is still here. I want you to notice this morning that you and I, we like Zacharias, we need to understand that we can fear not because God is still here. Say, pastor, where do we see this in the passage? We're gonna see this morning many reasons that we can fear not that prove that God is still here. Right here from Luke chapter number one, and we'll see a lot that correlate with your life and mine. But I want us to notice, first of all, this morning, the angel saying, Zacharias, fear not because God is still listening. Zacharias, fear not because God is listening. Remember, and we have to know this going through the entire message, the people of Israel in a dark place, Zechariah Zacharias and Elizabeth in a dark place, wondering where is God? Is he gonna show up? And the angel shows up and says to them, fear not, because God is still listening. Notice verse number 13, Luke chapter one. Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is, what's the next word? Heard. Hey, thy prayer is heard. In order to be heard, someone's got to be listening. You know who he's talking about? The angel is talking about God, and he's helping Zacharias understand that, Zacharias, you have prayed, and God has heard. God is listening. 
in knowing what we know regarding the time period and what they were facing, I can imagine that Zacharias and Elizabeth, along with many of the people, they felt like God was aloof. They felt like God uh, perhaps was not there. Many of them perhaps uh, thought that maybe their prayers, their, uh, their worship and everything was falling on deaf ears. And Zacharias and Elizabeth, no doubt they felt this way about not being able to have a child. And the people of Israel felt this way as a whole. And yet we find that Zacharias, in his moment of fear, the angel's first response to him is, fear not, your prayer has been heard. Fear not, God is listening to you. Perhaps he, like Samson's parents in this moment, maybe he thought he was going to die. You remember Judges chapter 13, verse number 22, it says, and Manoah said unto his wife, we shall surely die because we have seen God. They saw an angel and Manoah, based upon tradition, was like, ah, oh, we're all gonna die. And maybe that was, maybe that was Zacharias. Maybe he thought, uh, boy, this angel has appeared to give the announcement that judgment is gonna come. God's been silent for 400 years. This is him telling us that it's all over. We've ran long enough. Or maybe he thought that the angel appeared and was gonna tell him, you're doing something wrong within the temple and I'm going to strike you dead. And yet we, we don't know everything that was going on in his heart. We just know that he was shaken up. He was terrified that he maybe thought that he was alone and perhaps thought that God had abandoned him. And yet in his moment of terror, in his moment of despair, the angel says, Zacharias, fear not because God is listening to you. What a statement. What an amazing truth. Zacharias, you don't need to be afraid because you have a God that still cares about your prayer. While we can definitely assess and understand that in this specific instance, these words were spoken directly to Zacharias. Zacharias, your prayer has been heard. But we need to be reminded this morning that the same principle is taught to God's people even still today. John said it this way in 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 14 when he wrote these words. And this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now we know from the word of God, there are a few reasons that the Lord won't hear us. Specifically, Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. He's under no obligation to answer and to hear. But throughout the word of God, we need to know that there are so many instances and places in scripture that the Bible tells us that when you seek out to God, when you pray out to God, when you call out to God, the word of God teaches that he is listening. It's, it's principles like Isaiah 59 verses one and two, behold, the Lord's hand, it's not shortened that he cannot save, neither his, his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated, you between, have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Listen, the times that we feel like God is not listening, it is not because God has moved. It's usually because we have moved. And it's the same thing in the children of Israel in this passage in Scripture. See, the children of Israel, the reason that God had been silenced for 400 years is because the children of Israel had hit a point where they said, God, we don't want you in our life. We can handle everything. And they had walked away from God. And yet God knew, man, I still love them. I still care for them. And while they felt abandoned, God shows up on the scene through an angel to Zacharias and says, hey, 
You think I've abandoned you, but I'm still listening. I'm still hearing you. Can I tell you this morning that no matter what is going on in your life, you have a God that cares about every circumstance in your life. He cares about every situation that you face. He cares about every heartache that, that, that tries to steal your joy. God cares about every fear that tries to embrace your heart. And may we be reminded this morning as we enter into a new year, may we be reminded that we have a God that says, hey, I'm still listening. Hey, I'm still listening. And I'm thankful for God's faithfulness through 2020. I'm thankful that in 2020, in the spite of everything that we went through, we have a God who said, hey, I'm still listening. Psalm 145, verse 19, it says, he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. And then it says, he also will hear their cry and will save them. Man, in our life, like Zacharias, we are gonna have times when we feel alone and we feel afraid, times when, because of circumstances, we too are shaken and terrified. When those times come, it would be wise of us to remember, fear not, God is listening. Zacharias, fear not, God is listening, but the angel continues. He doesn't stop there. The angel continues with fear not, God is answering. (laughs) Hey, God isn't just listening to you, God is answering you. Notice the angel continues, verse 13, fear not, Zacharias, because for thy prayer is heard and... Thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Hey, Zechariah, you don't need to be controlled by fear because God is listening to you and God is also answering you. Zacharias, God has heard you and God is answering your request. We know because of this, we know that Zacharias had requested and Elizabeth had requested again and again and again and again. And they had been like that man of importunity in Luke chapter number uh, um, nine, I think, or Luke chapter number 11, the man of importunity just asking and asking and asking and asking. They had done that time and time and time again and thought, you know what? What's the point? Why should I? And in that moment, the angel shows up and says, hey, God's listening and God's still answering. The angel says to him, God has heard you and God is answering you. And we know that they've been requesting this for a long time. And we can safely believe that with them requesting it for a long time, when they got the news, man, they were excited. Zacharias had some doubt, we'll see in just a second, but notice the response of Elizabeth in verse number 24. It says, and after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself five months saying, thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. A lot of people, they look at this and it's when it says that uh, she hid herself five months, they, they look and say, oh, she's ashamed. And so she's hiding away. No, this wasn't her hiding away in shame. This was her hiding away wondering How is this even possible? Because if you notice what she prayed, she said, man, God has looked upon me to take away my reproach among men. In those days, uh, if someone, if a family didn't have a child, they were seen as, as a reproach. 
Specifically, the, the wife, the lady, would be seen as, as uh, uh, somebody that would be a disgrace in the society. You're not, you're not contributing. You're not bringing in the next generation of, of Hebrews, and so you are a disgrace. And so that's the reproach that she's talking about, and she's overjoyed. She is overwhelmed with joy, thinking, man, God has looked down, and he has found favor with me. And man, God, thank you so much. And Zachariah and Elizabeth, but especially of, of Elizabeth, has been under the weight of reproach for years. And no doubt because of this, she had been praying for years. Similar to the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel in chapter number one, praying for a child, God, would you hear my prayer? Then all of a sudden the angel comes and says, God has heard and God is answering. He was telling Zechariah, hey, you you have a God that you can trust. Can I say this morning that the same is true in your life and my life? And hear me out this morning that God, he still answers prayers. The principle is still there in Jeremiah 33.3, the promise to Israel, but the principle to us, call unto me and I will answer thee and I'll show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. While that promise, again, was specifically to Israel, that principle applies to every believer today, the fact that God is listening and God will answer you. The difficulty, our difficulty, is trusting his answer. See, because sometimes the answer that we get is not the answer we want. That's where our issue comes in. Did you know that we can see that all throughout scripture, people praying for things that they never received? But I'd like to present to you the thought this morning that even though the answer may not be what we want, God still answers. But when he doesn't give what we want, like it or not, we're impatient, aren't we? (laughs) And we go, see, told you prayer didn't work. See, I told you God doesn't care. I heard them talk at church that one time that God cares about my situation, but I've prayed this for years and years and years and years, and see, God hasn't answered it. And we get that attitude of impatience. Parents, can I ask you a question? Those of you that have kids, um, do you give your children every single thing they ask for? I, I really don't know any good parent that does that. Well, why is that? Well, it's because you as a parent, you know what's good for your kids. You know what's healthy for them at that time. Have there been, has there been a time when your kids asked for something and didn't receive it for years until years later? Um, yeah. I know every nine-year-old that goes, hey, can I drive? <laughs> Dad, why can't I get a car? Dad, I could do it. Come on. Hey, remember that one time we played go-karts? I can ride go-karts. I can do it. And every parent goes, no, you're still gonna wait. You know what they could say? Mom and dad don't even care. They don't care where I am. They They don't care. I could do it. They just, they don't even listen to me. Mom and dad have abandoned me. And you'd look at them and you'd be like, you're nine years old. I'm not giving you a car. But then when they turn 16 or 17 and they get their license, 
They've grown up a little bit. You know what you do then? Usually you find a way to help them get a car. Maybe it's buying their own. Maybe it's, you know, whatever. Maybe it's pitching in and helping them with that or they borrow your car, but now they get to drive. Why? Because now they're ready. You know what? In your life and my life, sometimes we're like the nine-year-old with God. God, I demand that answer now. God, come on, give me the keys now. God, come on, I... And God's going, hey, my answer is no. Not right now. But the truth is, God is listening and God is still answering. And can I help us understand this morning that the word of God still carries the fact that God is going to answer your prayer. He'll answer with yes, he'll answer with no, and sometimes he answers with wait. But the principle is still true, Luke 11, verse nine and 10. I say unto you, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Fear not, Zechariah, because you have a God who's listening. Fear not, Zechariah, because you have a God who is answering. Notice thirdly, fear not, Zechariah, because you have a God that is seeing. You have a God that is seeing your situation. Notice the passage, Luke chapter one, verse number 14. Luke chapter one, verse number 14, it says this. And thou shalt have joy and gladness and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. All of these verses are just simply prophecies about what John the Baptist, John would be. And in these things, the angel is specifically telling Zechariah exactly what John is going to do. And we don't have time to really get into this entire passage, but from verse 14 down through verse number 17, all of these things would connect with previous prophecies that had been given. You see, the children of Israel had been told, hey, you are going to come to a very dark time in your life and in your heritage. And at that time, God is going to send a special messenger. And when that messenger comes, he's gonna begin to preach a a message that will be new to everybody. When that messenger shows up in the spirit of Elijah, in the spirit of Elijah, Elisha, when that messenger shows up, you can know that right around the corner, the Messiah will come. When that happens, Malachi chapter three, when that happens, the Messiah is coming next. And so as this prophecy, Luke chapter, four, Luke chapter one, verse 14 through 17, as that's given to Zechariah, he as a priest would know the law, he would know the prophets, he would know those things that have been given and he would understand, man, this means God is still involved in our situation. Man, this means that God is still seeing our circumstances and This means that we are going to give birth to the one that will be the front runner or the forerunner of the Messiah. This was something, again, it was prophesied in Malachi chapter three in verse number one that God would use a man that would turn back the people to him before the Messiah came. And John would be that man. 
Verse 16 in the passage, it says right there, and many of the children of Israel shall turn, shall he turn to the Lord their God. You know what God was doing? God was simply helping them understand, hey, Herod, he may be on the throne of Israel, but I'm still on the throne of eternity. Hey, Herod, Herod may be in control of your current circumstances and the current darkness within the land, but I'm still in control of everything. Man, what a thought from God. In this, in this moment of darkness, in this time, he is saying to them, hey, Zechariah, I see everything that is going on. Not only am I going to answer your personal request, but Zechariah, I see the state of the nation. I see the spiritual state of God's people. I see the darkness and the economic struggle, and I see the spiritual uh, battle that is taking place. Zechariah, I see it all. I have not forgotten about you. I have not forgotten about my people, and I have not forgotten about this world because... Now, Zechariah, you can know that your son is the front runner to the Savior. The Messiah is just around the corner. This is a very healthy thing for every Christian to remember. And it's simply this God still sees. God still sees your situation. Hear God through the voice of the angel to Zechariah simply say, I have not forgotten you. I have not forgotten you. No doubt at the end of a year like 2020, I do know and I have seen a lot of people that have questioned, where is God? Why isn't God doing anything? Why isn't God bringing our comforts back? Why isn't God doing this? Why isn't God doing that? And maybe you won't even look at 2020. Maybe you just look at your own individual life. And maybe there's been some dark seasons. There's been some some struggles this year that, that you never saw coming. There's been that, that health situation or that financial situation or that home struggle or that relationship struggle or that friendship that is broken up. There's been something in the last uh, 12 months or the last six months or the last three weeks, there's been something that has caused you to say, man, God has just forgotten me. Man, where's he at? Can I encourage you this morning from the principles of scripture? God still sees you. He has not forgotten you. He still cares about your circumstance and your situation. And God showed up just in the perfect time for Zechariah and the people of Israel. And he said, hey, fear not. I'm listening. I'm answering. I'm seeing. Notice lastly today, he says, fear not because I'm still working. Hey, you may feel like I have given up and that I'm not working, but just like in the time of Esther, even when God wasn't seen, God was very much on the scene. Notice the passage, if you will. God working in Luke chapter one, verse 19 through 25, and Zechariah said unto the angel, whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife well stricken in years. <laughs> hey, hey, angel, this is not gonna happen. Have you noticed my age? We're, we're past the years of having children. And notice the angel answering, said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. And I am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee glad tidings. He's saying, hey, why are you doubting? God sent me. I mean, think about this. Think about the doubt that is in Zachariah's life. Not only is he feeling fear, but he's feeling this doubt. I mean, the doubt of like, is this really gonna happen? 
Now, you and I, we would think, oh, well, he's got a, you know, he's got a logical argument. He's, he's older. He's well-stricken in years. Okay, but literally, there's an angel that just appeared before you that is telling you this. Like, this is one of those, like, come on moments, you know? And yet many of us, like Zechariah, we can have those moments where God clearly speaks to us and yet we still doubt. That's where he's at. Notice what it says. It says, and behold, thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. And the people, they waited for Zechariah. They marveled that he tarried so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak unto them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple for he beckoned unto them and remained speechless. And it came to pass that as soon as, as the days of his ministration, his ministry were accomplished, that he departed into his own house. And after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and hid herself month, uh, five months saying, the Lord uh, hath, or excuse me, thus hath the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. Well, what we read here is the response that Zacharias had, that response of doubt. And we find the angel saying to him, because of your doubt, you're gonna, be, you're gonna be dumb until the day that you have this child. You're gonna be deaf and mute. The angel was conveying to Zacharias that God was working. And you know what Zacharias' response was? Prove it. That was the response of Zachariah. His doubt was, you're saying these things, but what, what, what sign are you gonna give me that these things are gonna come true? Hey, prove it. And the Gabriel responds with this, I shouldn't have to prove it because these are the words sent from God. This is God's word. Many of you never had the opportunity to meet a gentleman that we used to have come every year and preach at our church for the first few years. Some of you met him, but his name was Richard King. And uh, those of you that might remember Richard King, he is probably one of the uh, the closest pastor friends that I've ever had. And he's been diagnosed with, with uh, dementia and now it's onset Alzheimer's, so he can't travel anymore. But Richard King, we'd have, the, we'd have the greatest time. He would come in, came in our first, I think, except for the year of 2012. He was here in 11, 13, 14, 15, something like that. And always came in, just a great preacher, loved the Lord. And we'd be talking, he had the craziest stories. His ministry was for years, he would go to struggling churches and churches that were in like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt and closed buildings and uh, churches that had horrible backgrounds. And he'd go in and revive the church and get it going again. Countless stories of taking a church of like 20, 25, 30 people and in two years running four or 500. I mean, just a great man of God and just an awesome guy. Funny as all get out. And we'd be sitting around talking and we were talking one time and he we were we were talking about something and, and he, he answered me and he answered me sarcastically. He just said something sarcastically and I just looked at him. And right when I looked at him, he just looked me right in the eyes and he went, I said it, didn't I? And I was like, yeah. And then he just started laughing. You ever had an inside joke that's just funny to you alone? That was this moment. He was just laughing, and I was like, man, but King, what, what are you laughing at so hard? And he was like, oh, man, I said it, didn't I? And I was like, why is that so funny? 
He is like, years ago, I was helping out a church plant in Texas and he begins telling me this story. And he is like, and there's this one fella. He said, I'm not lying, Dennis. He said, every single time the guy spoke, if you looked at him, he would just look right at you and say, I said it, didn't I? I mean, you could be like, hey, how you doing? Be like, good. And you look at him and he'll go, I said it, didn't I? He'd say, you'd ask him, well, how was your week? It was fine. And you look at him and say, I said it, didn't I? He's like, I, I think the guy literally just had a glitch. Every time somebody looks at him, he'd go, I said it, didn't I? And so that became a running joke for years. And now it's still with our kids. They'll say something and I'll look at them and go, I said it, didn't I? You know what I think of when I think of this moment in Gabriel's life where Gabriel, the angel with Zachariah, Zachariah is like, prove it. And Gabriel's like, I said it, didn't I? The angel's like, hey, what is there to prove? God spoke these words. It will come to pass. Do you know what I see in all of this? I see the angel just simply saying, quit doubting that God is working. Hey, quit doubting that God is still in control. You see, many of us, we have the same response of Zechariah. We receive something from God through his word and we second guess it. We have that prove it attitude. God, if you're really doing this, then prove it. And while you and I don't have an angel visibly appear and audibly speak, we do have the word of God that we can trust and that we can fall back on and fall into and the word of God that is trustworthy. And can I tell you this morning that anytime God instructs you through his word and speaks to your heart about a step of faith, maybe talking to somebody about your faith or maybe uh, stepping up within the home and fulfilling the role of a husband or a wife or maybe it's in giving or maybe it's in faithfulness, whatever step there is that God asks you to take, you may look at it and think, wow, God has forsaken me. God has forgotten me. But can I help you understand this morning? God said it, didn't he? Man, if God said it, just step forward. Why? Because God is working. We went through the series uh, with Esther and how Esther was at a time wondering, where is God? And the entire book of Esther, you never read the name of God. And yet God is all over the story of Esther. What does that teach us? It teaches us that God is always working even when we don't see him. In Luke chapter one, Zechariah and the people of Israel, they're fearful. Zechariah specifically, they're feeling forsaken. They're feeling forgotten. The whole country's in despair. God shows up to Zechariah and simply says two words, fear not, fear not. Well, why, Mr. Gabriel, why should I not fear? Because God is listening. Hey, can I tell you this morning that God still listens to your prayers? You say, well, God doesn't care about this. Yes, he does. God cares about everything going on in your life. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter number six, if God's gonna take care of the fowls of the air, if he's gonna take care of some of the smallest uh, animals in creation, certainly you can know that he cares about you. The psalmist said that he numbers the hairs of your head, that he cares for you more than you can even care for yourself. Psalm 139, just go read it. The psalmist says, God, you knew me when I was being created in the womb. You knew me even before the, the DNA of my body was formed. You knew me and you cared about me. God, show me me. Search me, oh God, and know me. Know my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me. Listen, the Holy Spirit, the, the, the God in heaven 
He cares about the situation you're in. He's listening. Hey, fear not why God is answering. Just learn to trust his answer because it may not be the answer you want. But remember this, Romans 8, he's the Abba father. He's the parent. He knows best. The answer might be no. In that moment, it's okay to say, okay, God, I trust. The answer might be wait and feel like no. In that moment, just say, okay, God, I'll trust. The answer might be yes. In that moment, you say, okay, God, I'm gonna trust you. Fear not, God is listening. Fear not, God is answering. Fear not, God is seeing. He still sees the situation you're in and fear not, God is still working. Listen, I don't know what 2020 has held for you. I could assume some things it's held for all of us. But 2021 is right around the corner. And we don't know what 2021 holds. But can I use an old famous saying, we may not know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. We may not know what 2021 holds, but I know who's already there. And so I wanna encourage you as we turn the page on a year, we turn into a new year. Would you just kind of dial in to what was said to Zechariah? Fear not. Hey, don't be afraid. God's listening. God's answering. God's seeing. And God's still working. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.